Hello and welcome back or welcome to the Riley Breakfield Show. I am your host, Riley Breakfield, where we talk mostly about college football for the most part, a little bit of NFL, a little bit of NBA, a little bit of baseball, a little bit of college basketball, a little bit of politics, a little bit of pop culture. You name it, we talk about it. So welcome to my show. Gonna hit a couple news things today, then rank my top five. We got a good one today. We're doing top five actresses since I did actors last week. Then my biggest takeaways and thoughts from this college football weekend, and then and a couple NFL thoughts as well, and then finishing the show off with just my thoughts. Stick around, enjoy, like, share, subscribe. Let's get into it. Currently got the Eagles versus Commanders game on. Just about to start here. Haven't watched it. You know, the game hasn't even started yet. Um, I have a bet going for this game, but I don't even want to say it because I know once I say it, it's not going to happen. But A.J. Brown, anytime touchdown is my bet for tonight. So if you're listening to this tomorrow and it didn't hit, please text me and make sure I'm alive because if it doesn't hit, I might just kill myself because it should be a guaranteed lock. Also, I need Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin to score like 40 fantasy points combined in order for me to win my matchup this week. Definitely possible if Taylor Heineke does Taylor Heineke things, which he probably will tonight somehow, miraculously, like he always does. So we, we got to hope for that. But all around, there's a lot of good stuff that happened this weekend. You know, we'll get more into that. But sticking in Philadelphia, there was this video going around of a, a guy stretching before he robbed a Dunkin' Donuts, you know. And I tw- tweeted out on Twitter, I was like, that's basically like the beginning to an Ollie's Sunny in Philadelphia episode. I could literally see them doing that where Charlie is stretching while Frank is sitting there trying to be like, okay, Charlie. And then next thing you know, they're robbing a Dunkin' Donuts and that's the episode right there. The gang robs a Dunkin' Donuts. This is another thing that I could see happening Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Failed crypto exchange, if you're into crypto and have been paying any attention to this, FTX, a crypto company, pretty much, I don't exactly know what happened, but they lost a bunch of people's money, a bunch of stuff like that. But the, my favorite part of this whole story, well, my two favorite parts of this whole story is, first off, it's ran by 10 people. They all lived in the same house together and were basically all sexually intimate with each other. So it was like just a house that was basically like a big gang bang orgy all the time, whenever you wanted it. I'm sure somebody was down to get a little frisky, get a little, get in the sheets and be a freak. I'm sure they had orgy parties after they got a bunch of money that day or some crazy shit like that, but... And then it also came out that they are the second biggest donor to the Democratic Party, which is a little crazy. You know, there's conspiracies going around that uh, basically they were funding, helping fund the Democratic Party, and a lot of that money was going towards Ukraine. Just a whole debacle, a whole bunch of stuff. Look into it if you're interested. I definitely, I did a little bit of looking into it because I was like, what? Especially when I was like, they're all sexually intimate with each other? Like, what is this? The set of a Pornhub? Like, is this just somewhere where they were just banging all day and making money and coming up with new ideas like absolutely crazy weird story but more and more stuff keeps coming out so it's just keeps getting more interesting sadly today um three virginia cavalier players were uh shot and killed on sunday night absolute tragedy my you know my thoughts and prayers are with the victim's family uh deshaun perry lavelle davis jr devin chandler you hate to see that for for anybody. I don't care what it is, man. I, I hate seeing stuff like this. I don't I don't know the full details, but those kids. I mean, they're not kids. They're only a year or two younger than me, probably, and they had their whole lives ahead of them. You know, they were playing ball, going to school. You know, they could have went to the league. They could have got their degree, whatever. You know, you just hate 
hate to see that happen. It's a, it's a sad deal. So my thoughts and prayers are, are with their family members as they get through this difficult time because you don't you don't want to see that happen to anyone, man. And I'm I'm getting real sick and tired of stupid shit like this happening, especially when it's you know to these younger people that have their whole lives ahead of them and somebody just decides to take it in their hands and shoot and kill them because whatever mental illness or whatever is going on inside their head, it's it's a sad tragedy and um, it's just it gets really old. I, I want something to be fixed in this country, and I, I'm I'm a big proponent for guns. I understand the whole reason of guns. I'm not I don't own any guns myself, but I, I understand the whole point of them because I I'm a big believer in the Second Amendment. I I do see at some point our government tries to take us over, and so I feel like we have the right to bear arms. But I mean something's got to change, man. And there's no I don't know what the answer is, but it's just no matter what you do, there's always going to be guns, and I just how do you combat it? It's it's one of those issues that I don't think is solvable, honestly. You would have to take them all away, and I don't agree with that. But it's a black market thing where on the black market, you'll know, get guns. You know, There's always somebody selling a gun, like whatever it is. It's, it's just it's a sad deal, and I hope for better for everyone in this world and this country to hopefully – I think it comes down to mental health at the end of the day. I think that people are sick, and you know, most of the time these are men doing these shootings, and Nobody ever checks on them, you know. If they don't have that foundation or they don't feel like anybody cares and they're just, it's just a sad deal at the end of the day. So my thoughts and prayers are with the victims' families and I hope they get through this difficult time. Moving to a little bit of Hollywood talk here. Margot Robbie uh, said today or yesterday maybe, I don't remember, that uh, she's no longer going to be in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. It doesn't sound like it's happening at all. So I'm personally hoping that we get a return of Jack Sparrow after Johnny Depp had got his whole case figured out and all that jazz. So hopefully that they uh, come back with another one, get to see him reprise his probably most iconic role. So I'd love to love to see that. And other big Hollywood news, the king himself, Pete Davidson, pulled another motherfucking baddie, dude. He is reportedly dating Emily Ratajkowski, I think is how you say it. Absolute chef's kiss of a woman. She's absolutely gorgeous. This man... I don't know what it is, if he just has a magical dick, if he's just smooth talking, if it's because he's funny, but he's not really that funny in my opinion. I don't know what it is, but this man just keeps pulling some of the baddest women alive. So congrats, Pete Davidson. Keep it up, I guess. I don't know what you're doing. Hopefully this one lasts a little longer. It won't, but hopefully you get the next one, buddy. As far as my gambling picks this weekend, the cleavage report actually didn't do too bad. I was four for eight. Um, I got Nebraska plus 31. Well, it's 4 for 8, but Nebraska plus 31 it was a push, so whatever. I got the Packers money line, Washington Huskies money line, and the Bills over, the Bills Vikings over, and as well as the TCU money line. Um, the freaking chaos parlay was Maryland just showing up to play like I thought that they would away from winning the pay for chaos parlay. It was 4 for 5, Washington won, TCU won. I don't even remember who else I put in there. Purdue won. I knew Purdue was going to want to talk a little bit more about that later. But Maryland was the only one that fucked it up. I don't even remember who the other one was. Oh, North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina won as well. Talk about that one again here in a little bit. But Maryland just fucking dogged me, man. I was like, oh, my God, this might actually hit today. I like That was the one I felt by far the most, the best about. I felt the best about that one when I was looking at the board last week. And I was like, dude, this just feels like we're going to get a fucking perfect five for five everything felt right so hope that cook up something good this next weekend but who knows who knows now for my top five actresses starting off number five gotta go with one of 
one of my favorites has to be Melissa McCarthy, dude. I think she's beautiful. She's very attractive in my opinion. Not just that, dude. She's absolute comedy. She's a great actress. Everything she does is a success in my opinion. She's been good for a long time. You know, she was booming just a couple of years ago. Haven't seen her in a whole lot as of late, it seems like, but she's probably she's definitely my top five because of how funny and just an amazing actress that she is. Number four, number three, I can kind of put together, I would say. I kind of was flip-flopping. It's Sydney Sweeney, Zendaya, mostly because after I watched Euphoria, like, I can't wait for that to come out again. Those two absolutely killed their roles. I mean, Zendaya has been dominating everything she's been in. Same with Sydney Sweeney's dominating everything she's in, and they're both top-shelf, beautiful women. Absolutely adore them. So they're three and four, respectively. You can flip-flop them either way, in my opinion. I, I love both. Number two, the Black Widow herself, Scarlett Johansson, one of two women I am allowed to cheat on if I ever have the opportunity. She's absolutely a chef's kiss as well. I love her. She's a great actress. The Black Widow is by far one of my favorite roles I've ever seen her do. She's been she's been killing it for so many years now that I don't see her stopping anytime soon. So I shout out shout out Scarlett Johansson. Number one, the woman I would leave my wife for in a heartbeat. I'm sorry, baby, but that's just true. Margot Robbie. Absolutely stunningly beautiful and absolutely kills every single fucking role she's ever in. Absolutely dominated when she was Harley Quinn. Absolutely dominated in The Wolf of Wall Street. Quentin Tarantino's movie that she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, she did very well in that. I can't wait for the new Barbie movie to come out. She's the perfect person to play Barbie. Looks just like Barbie in my opinion. Like literally, if you put Barbie into a real life, she'd look like Margot Robbie. So Margot Robbie is my number one actress. If Margot, if you see this, please hit me up. I would love to spend an evening with you, my whole life with you. I would treat you like the queen that you are. So I love you, Margot Robbie. Now moving into my top takeaways from the weekend of college football. Pretty solid weekend. Quite a few upsets, quite a few movers and shakers. You know, upsets in terms of betting odds like TCU and North Carolina. They weren't technical upsets, but in terms of betting, they hit. Um, but let's start there. Let's start with TCU, man. I mean, I didn't get to catch the whole entire game. I watched quite a bit of it. They look good. I mean, they struggled at times. But I am getting real sick and tired of this argument that TCU doesn't deserve a playoff spot. I personally think that this year the Big 12 is probably the second best conference in college football. SEC number one, Big 12, a really close second in my opinion because top to bottom, anyone can beat anyone, and that's been proven this year. So for if TCU finishes out 13 and 0, they'd absolutely 100% deserve a playoff spot. I'd even put them in at 12 and 1 in my personal opinion because you know what? I don't think that Ohio State and Michigan are that much better than them. I I think it's a slim slim margin. I think that they could easily beat an Ohio State and Michigan because Ohio State and Michigan haven't played anybody this year. They haven't looked in my opinion, they've played a lot of shitty teams because that's what the Big 12, the Big 10 has been this year. And they've kind of narrowly escaped. They haven't been over the top good. They haven't dominated, but neither has Georgia. There's been no team this year that has dominated every single game they've played in to where you're like, that's the national champion. So I think TCU is hopefully going to get in, and I think that they might even win and put themselves in the championship game. That's how much faith I have in that team because they can compete with anyone. They have that offensive talent. Their defense steps up when they need them to. So why why not TCU? And I hate the argument that everyone's like, well, they're Like, what is it? What is it? Max Duggan is playing just as good as C.J. Stroud and J.J. McCarthy and Stetson Bennett. 
Keandre Miller, right? Keandre Miller, I think is how you say his name. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing that right. He's pro- he's playing. He almost has as many yards as Blake Corm does with like 70 less attempts. I saw today. Their offense is unreal. Quinchon, wait, I forgot the wide receiver's name. Oh my god, what is his name? I can't remember his name right now. But he's. They have a stud on. They have a stud wide out. Their defense plays phenomenal. Why not TCU? I think that they, no matter what happens, if they finish out 12-1 and and win the Big 12, they deserve a spot in the playoff. Point blank period. Even if they lose the Big 12 playoff because they would have already beaten the team that beat them in the, in the Big 12 championship. So I hope TCU finds a way to make it. The SEC championship was set this weekend. LSU beat Arkansas and then Alabama in turn beat Ole Miss. So LSU locked up the SEC West. So shout out Brian Kelly. Year one, going to the SEC championship. Could you imagine what he could have done at Notre Dame if he had the talent he has at LSU? And everyone's everyone's saying it. Everyone knows it. This is probably the least talented team he will ever have at LSU because just the whole turnover, a bunch of new faces coming in, you know. But the fact that they're here, and the only reason we won that game on Saturday comes down to fucking Harold motherfucking Perkins, dude. That kid is unreal. Four sacks, two fumbles, eight tackles, just tore it up. He won Defensive Player of the Week this week. The kid's going to be a star, and I cannot wait to see him dominate for at least two more years, probably two more years. Like What he's able to do in just year one with the limited amount of snaps that he's had, unreal. The kid's a beast, and like they were saying it all on the broadcast. You know, he is super athletic, but the coaches are saying you know, he doesn't necessarily know the linebacker spot too fully well yet, you know learning his his reads and coverage and all that stuff. So he, once he gets that down, oh, brother, is he going to be even more nasty than he already is. Shout out Harold Perkins, though, dude. Absolutely love the kid. Cannot wait to see the success that he has. And thank God he did not go to Texas A&M. Thank God. That's how I know that there's a God, because he did not want to see his talents wasted on a garbage team like the Aggies. Georgia, also, they clinched their spot this weekend, beating Mississippi State. Um... Needed a little bit of help from the refs. There was quite a few questionable calls there. Um, it sucked. I really thought Will Rogers was going to kind of go off and keep this one like one-score game. Didn't necessarily happen. Um, so Georgia kind of doing what they do. But like I said, I don't think that they've looked over the top great this year. The one two times they have, though, was against Oregon and Tennessee where I was like, holy shit, Georgia is tearing it up this year. They're forced to be reckoned with. But then they get in these games and they kind of get a letdown spot. So We'll see what happens. Definitely excited for the SEC championship between those two, though. Hopefully both teams finish out perfect to finish the season, so it's even more on the line, you know. But going back to the Alabama Ole Miss game, Alabama squeaked that one out. Of course, Ole Miss was leading for so long throughout the game. That missed P.I. call was pretty bad, really bad. But (laughs) I don't know. Alabama did with, I mean, they're looking more like Alabama of old, I'd say, in the past couple of years. You know, they were, like I said, on my Friday show, they've been struggling on the road. And so they, they started out slow. Things weren't looking right. But they, they found a way. They got the win. So they, they locked it up for LSU but took themselves out of pretty much making the playoffs unless complete chaos ensues. You know, and then on the Ole Miss side, Quinchon Judkins, dude, <laughs> kids unreal. Lots and lots and lots of rumors swirling around Lane Kiffin right now to Auburn. We'll see what happens there. I don't want him to go to Auburn. I really don't. I mean, it would be cool to see Lane and 
Nick fighting it out every year for the Iron Bowl. But at the same time, I I feel like he's building something really special at Ole Miss. I feel like he has a real potential to kind of help take over the division. I, I mean, I could honestly see a situation and scenario where it's Ole Miss and LSU's division for the next 10 years. You know, they keep get both these schools keep getting the big-time recruits and they out-coach Nick Saban. I think that anything is possible. So I, I hope that he stays. I don't want to see him go to Auburn. I'm not a big fan of Auburn. I, I honestly, Ole Miss is probably one of my top 10 favorite teams in the country. I just, I love Lane Kiffin. I mean, their fans kind of suck, but they were cool when I met a couple at um, the Ole Miss LSU game. But so I hope he sticks around. I hope he grinds it out because he's got tons of talent already there. But then again, it's like if he were to go to Auburn, I'm sure that half the guys might follow him, especially like Quinchon Judkins and probably Jackson Dart, I would think at least. So we'll see what happens. I hope I hope he sticks around. I don't want to see him go to Auburn. I don't want to see Auburn have success. They'd be so annoying, especially if Lane goes there and beats beats Nick in his first year there. Oh my God, they'd be they'd be dreadful. I'm I feel bad for Alabama fans if that were to happen. I I really do. <clears throat> but sticking with another Alabama thought that I that I saw over the weekend, I, this is how annoying and delusional Alabama fans are. I saw a post on Twitter where they're like. I would love to see Drake May come here. I don't know what the chances of that are, but he would be awesome here. He should come here. Lots of people have been talking about it. Alabama fans said, uh, there's no fucking way in hell that Drake May is leaving North Carolina. There is absolutely no way in hell. He is a Carolina kid through and through. His brother obviously played there, was an absolute stud for North Carolina for so long, hit that big shot against Kentucky. His brother plays on the basketball team. I'm pretty sure his family, I think they live in North Carolina, so he's... He's Tar Heel Blue through and through, which brings me – so he's not fucking transferring to Alabama, so you guys can fucking cry about that one all you want, Alabama fans. It ain't going to fucking happen. Which brings me to the UNC Wake Forest game. Both quarterbacks were dueling, 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 and I don't know how this over did not hit, man. It just absolutely blows my mind. I thought for sure that over was going to hit. Somehow it didn't. But Drake May, he just keeps pushing the Tar Heels through. He's just – he just keeps on pushing them, man. They have been so good this year. And the fact that he's not getting any talk for high – well, he'd start pretty much ever since I posted the, the last clip when I talked about that he should talk about him for Heisman. It seems like he all of a sudden is getting lots and lots and lots of Heisman talk. So I think that he should win it. I don't think there's been anyone better in the country than him as far as quarterback play. We all know it's pretty much quarterback award. I think Drake May should win the Heisman this year, not C.J. Stroud or Hendon Hooker, because in my opinion, they haven't been as good as Drake May has. He's dominated through the air. He's dominated on the ground. He had 512 total yards this weekend. That's fucking unreal. So Drake May for Heisman, I'm going to keep chanting it until it happens, because if it doesn't, he's going to come back next year, and he's going to fucking win the Heisman, and he's going to have probably a better team. They're going to figure out the defense. They're going to make things better for the Tar Heels. And they're going to be really good. And they're, they're probably going to come in next season ranked in the top 10, in my opinion. Because I don't know how much they're returning. I know they're returning quite a few guys. So we'll see what happens. But shout out Drake May. Keep tearing it up, bro. Oregon. I told y'all I knew Washington was going to win. I just had a feeling deep down in my plums, Huskies were going to pull that one out. Michael Penix was doing what he's been doing all year. Absolutely tearing it up. I mean, it was a really good game. I, I caught the end of it. It was really close throughout, throughout you know, looking at the box score, looking at the highlights. Really, really good game. But something about Oregon, man, they just do not know how to finish. They, 
they constantly have a head coach turnover, which I feel like some, sometimes plays a big factor into that. But you just they just keep shooting themselves in the foot. They, they just can't seem to figure out how to win when it really, really matters. It sucks for them, but I don't know. In the Pac-12, I mean, they, sh- they got shot in the foot on both feet with Oregon losing. It was like Oregon shooting in the right foot, UCLA shooting the left foot because how did they lose to Arizona? I mean, Arizona's been pretty good this year. They're definitely looking – they're definitely going in a better direction than what they were last year. But come on, Chip. You can't lose those games, man. You just can't. USC is really their only hope to make the playoff, but, you know – they have to win out. They have to beat UCLA, who is still a good team. They have to beat Notre Dame. They have to beat probably Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. Those are three tough games that they still have to finish out the season, which I think gives them a really good chance of making the playoff, You know, especially if we get into a situation where Ohio State, Michigan, both of them lose You know, and Georgia win. So you'd have Georgia, winner of Ohio State, Michigan, and then Tennessee sliding in there, and then USC coming in in the back end. That you know you'd have to have TCU probably losing the Big Twelve championship or losing a game these next two weeks in order for them not to stay in that top four. So we'll see. I think you know if I think the committee would really really put USC in. I don't think they put them in over Tennessee. They might though if they were to beat UCLA, Notre Dame. And Oregon, those are those are three real good quality wins. All three would be top twenty-five. One of them possibly be in top ten if Oregon kind of works their way back in there. So we'll see. But I think USC is the they're the only hope for the Pac-12 to get a team in the playoffs this year. They haven't had a team in the playoffs in quite a few years now, so they could really, 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 really use one this year. Big Ten West is doing what Big Ten West has been doing all year. It seems like. Told you, man, Jeff Brom, he somehow knows how to spoil a team season and upset somebody when you're really not thinking Purdue's going to do it, but then they do, man. They, they, It was a good game, though. It was a really good game. It sucks for Illinois, you know, losing another one, but kind of showing that, you know, they were good. They were a good story, but they, they're just not that far. They're, they're not far off from being, you know, a legit contender, I'd say couple more pieces in place you know they they come back next year they bring back key guys especially chase brown they they can be a real contender in the big 10 and definitely play some play a spoiler next year but right now it's down to four teams to win that division and i don't know which one would be best for ohio state and michigan purdue needs to win their next two games and hope for an iowa loss to get into the playoff iowa needs to win their next two and hope for illinois loss Illinois needs to win their next two and hope for a Purdue loss. And Minnesota has a chance, but they need to win out, and they have to hope that Purdue and Illinois both lose. The Illinois one, I feel like, is almost a guarantee that they're going to lose. They got to play Michigan this weekend, so that you know that would benefit definitely Purdue, Iowa, and Minnesota. I just don't. I really, I might honestly ride the money line with Illinois next weekend. I'll probably look at the numbers a little bit more and see kind of what the odds are. I could see them I mean, after this skid, Bama being like, "Come on, guys, we got this. Let's, we got to compete for a Big Ten championship. We can do this." You know, these these are games in Bama's past that he did win at Wisconsin, where he he can get the job done. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does it. But I would say Purdue, Purdue to me seems like the team that's probably going to win out more than likely. I mean, I don't know what happens if all four lose. That would be absolute chaos, I'm sure. Um, 
But I think Purdue has the best chance. They have to hope to win their next two, and they have to hope for Iowa to lose. So their odds are a lot more in their favor. I would be surprised if Purdue doesn't come out on top. But if Illinois beats Michigan next weekend, I will see Illinois finishing out the season. Again, I don't know who they would play in the last game of the season, but we'll see. I, I think Purdue has the best chance, though. And shout out, shout out Jim Mora this weekend, man. I wrote when I was writing blogs, I don't write blogs anymore, but when I was writing blogs, you know, I was talking about the independent teams and, you know, the mid-level teams. Did a little talking about UConn, and I was I, I said in there, I'm pretty sh- I'm more than 100% positive, I said, watch out for Jim Mora. He could get something done this year. He can get this team to bowl eligibility because everywhere he's been, when he's been a head coach, his first year is always a super successful season. He had a super a ton of success at UCLA his first season, and when he went to the Falcons, when he's in the NFL, when he's at the Falcons, he had a ton of success in his first season, so it's cool to see UConn kind of bouncing back up, picking themselves off the, picking themselves up off the floor. Watch out for Jim Moore, man. He might he might put a decent team together the next couple of years at UConn. Not like a college football playoff contender type team, but you know definitely top twenty five, fringe top twenty five team. So we'll see what happens there. And looking at coaches that did the exact opposite of what Jim Moore is doing, Jimbo Fisher, man. <sighs> I honestly feel bad for Iggy's fans and whatnot. Like, I wish that they could come up with the money to buy him out. To lose to Auburn when Auburn's been horrible this year, Cadillac Williams is their interim head coach, and in his first game he wins? Like, it's a Texas A&M team that was supposed to be so good they were supposed to finish sixth? That was their prediction to start the season? And you just come out and you do that? They're not even bowl eligible. They can't make a bowl game. They are the only team in college football history to have the number one recruiting class and not make a bowl game that season. Just disgusting stuff from the Aggies. I have a feeling a ton, ton of that team is going to hit the transfer portal next year. A lot of guys are going to be looking elsewhere just because it was. I don't, I don't know what it's going to take to fix them or make them better, and I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I don't. I think it's just Jimbo. I don't think Jimbo is he's I mean he's in a peculiar situation. He's got 89 million I believe still left on his contract. But they would have to pay him that full amount to fire him. Can they come up with that money? I mean that's a lot of money. It's a lot lot of money. I would be surprised so he's kind of like, well whatever happens happens, you know. They have to pay me my money either way. So they're kind of in a pickle there. Last note on college football. Shout out to the fucking Vanderbilt Commodores, baby. 26 SEC games they had not won, and they got the job done on Saturday, upsetting Kentucky. And we have to, have to, have to, have to, have to stop listening to these NFL scouts and these geniuses and gurus. Like, you're all dumb as fuck, man. Will Levis is not a good college quarterback. He's just not. And what may, what do they see on film that makes you think that he can be a top-tier an NFL starter nonetheless? Like, he shouldn't even get drafted. Vanderbilt has the worst pass defense in the SEC. They have the fourth worst pass defense in the entire country. Will Levis threw, for, threw, threw 23 times, completed 11 passes, that's under 50%, for 109 yards and zero touchdowns and an interception. Against the fourth worst pass defense in the country? The guy's not a top-tier quarterback in this year's draft. The guys shouldn't even be drafted. Like, come on. 
if you can't show out against Vandy, Vandy, and I'm pretty sure the only reason they're fourth right now is because Will Levis only threw for 109 yards this weekend. They were probably the worst last weekend. Like, he's not. He's not going to be an NFL starting quarterback. Unless you want him to hand the ball off the whole time. Like, maybe the Titans should draft him then so they can just hand the ball to Derrick Henry. Fucking ridiculous. Now, a couple little NFL thoughts here. Jeff Saturday heard all that fucking noise. And you know what he did? Came out and beat the Raiders in his first ever game as a head coach for the NFL team. Gets the job done. And it's even more funny because, like, a month ago, he tweeted out that the Raiders suck. And then he goes and beats the Raiders. So shout out Jeff Saturday, man. I'm happy to see him have success. I really am. After all the noise and come out and get a win like that, then again it is the Raiders, and I don't I don't know what the deal is. I was I saw something there. Owen six and one score games this year. I mean, completely could be a different season for them if they just won even three of those games, but they haven't. Derek Carr was pissed in his presser, and I'm just sitting here thinking like. I don't think Josh McDaniels is a good NFL head coach, man. I think he's just somebody who's a really good coordinator. That's point blank period. He's just he's just a good coordinator. He can't be a head coach. He struggled when he was at the Broncos. But then again, he was cheating when he was with the Broncos. So it's like, was he really even that good? Who fucking knows? But shout out Jeff Saturday. Point. That's it. That's the whole end of the story. Happy for him to get that first win. Vikings-Bills game. Everyone's been talking about it, you know, game of the year, game of the season, hands down. What a catch by Justin Jefferson, dude. Unreal acrobatic catch by Jay Jettas there. But overhit in that one, I told y'all it was. I, I didn't know who was going to win. I did have a small inkling that the Vikings might pull it out, you know, and they did. Bills are struggling. I don't like to see that because I'm a big Bills fan. I'm a Josh Allen fan, and they're, they're not looking too hot right now. I mean, they're okay. I mean, just losing a couple in a row is not good necessarily you don't you don't want to be in that position i'm sure they'll get it figured out and get back on track i'm sorry for whoever have to whoever they have to play this weekend because i feel like they'll probably blow them out and i told y'all man i told y'all the packers were going to start figuring it out they won on in overtime against the cowboys christian watson had an absolute stellar game breakout game for him and i was i was saying it i said it in the cleavage report i said it on friday's show the packers are going to figure it out somehow i just had a feeling and sure shit they got to win and i i they're going to tear off like five, six in a row, make the playoffs, make the NFC Championship game and lose. That's just what's going to happen. That's how it's going to be. That's just how the Packers do things. But I told y'all. told y'all they were they were coming. We damn boys. No, you Cowboys suck. You know, uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Tom Brady is now 2-0 since the news of his divorce. Then again, Giselle was just seen this past weekend with her new little boyfriend. Seems like they've been dating for a while, so Tom's out on his revenge tour shit so we'll see what happens with the bucks rest of the year they almost did lose that game though but i don't know tom brady needs to hang it up in my opinion because like what okay what were they thinking with that little wildcat pass i what was i mean lenny shouldn't even threw it he just threw it to throw it basically and that's what happened but it's funny watching tom fall so i don't know i think the bucks are they're, they're trending in the right direction but i don't think that they're going to have a magical season like they have in the past not not going to happen. Not nope, 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 nope. The Chargers just came to sh- the Chargers just came to the Chargers just seem to keep shooting themselves in the foot. Horrible interception thrown by Justin Herbert there to end the game basically. Kyle Shanahan, I knew they were going to win. I didn't think they weren't not going to cover the spread though. That was massively annoying. So, 
fuck you, 49ers, but looking good, you know, and I saw the stat. Jimmy Garoppolo is now 6-0 when he does not throw a touchdown pass. Absolutely amazing, hilarious stat to have as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk that if – so it's like if he throws a touchdown pass, they're guaranteed to lose? Like, what the fuck? So, funny, but those are just my thoughts on the NFL as of this week. I think that this uh, Eagles-Commanders game is going to be pretty good, high-scoring one. Uh, Commanders are driving here at late in the first, so hopefully they throw it to Curtis Samuel or TJ McLaurin for a touchdown. That would be preferred, so please do that. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, they're going to hand the ball off. Uh, ooh, Antonio Gibson almost got into the end zone. You're welcome for this commentary of the game from last night as you're listening to this. But now, time for my Just My Thoughts segment of the week. Just my thoughts. Elon on Twitter. Twitter's obviously changing. I, I see a lot of stuff. I see a lot of... Because I follow Elon, so I see a lot more of his stuff and what, what he's quote tweet or quote tweeting or replying to and tons and tons and tons of people are this and this and this and, you know, he's getting blasted for making the employees have to pay for lunch when they were losing like $400 a day from Twitter employees eating lunch at the facility. So, of course, he's going to charge them. Do, do people not understand that Twitter is a business? Elon Musk is a businessman. He's going to do what he can to make it profitable because, you know what, at the end of the day, it benefits him. That's all that matters. And you know what? He's a free speech guy. He wants free speech to be able to be on Twitter as a platform. Who doesn't? That's what everybody wants that's a normal human being. Allow for discussions, allow for topics, allow for change. Because when you sit there and all the fucking libtards, because that's what they all are, I'm not picking sides here, but every single person that's come out against him that I've seen on Twitter seems to be a liberal, which I find highly suspicious and highly weird. Elon is changing Twitter for the better so that it is a platform that will spark debate, spark the conversation, spark change, and allow for what it should be. A place where you can say wild shit and people can laugh at it place for comedy a place for change like i said a place for change that's what he's doing at twitter and if you are too stupid and what's the word for fucking low not low iq weak-minded no not weak-minded well maybe it's weak-minded i don't know i can't put words together i never can but if you are so weak-minded and such a loser that what you think elon's doing with twitter is bad you're completely in the wrong on this one. I feel like a majority of people think that it's going to be better. And yes, there's the funny things that have gone around with the parody accounts and shit like that. And But you know what? What does that make you do? You're like, oh, this doesn't seem like something. I'm not seeing this from anywhere else. What should you do? You should fact check shit. Just like you should with anything in today's world. You should fact check it because there's so much misinformation, so much disinformation out there. That you that what he did there with that move is just going to make Twitter better. Allow for more stuff to be mainstream. Allow for less censorship. Allow for less shadow banning. Not allowing people to speak and talk about what's important, what can spark change. And I don't care if you don't like the certain people that are out there in the media that you think are trying to destroy the world. They're not. Because everybody on every side of whatever political line you are, all that matters is that it sparks change and it sparks conversation because that is what is better for the world i mean last week's episode i talked about how you could win the presidential race and i only got like 10 or 20 views 
on the when I posted on TikTok, but Twitter I got a lot more because I feel like it was censored because I was said something about being president like it's a fucking hard job because it's not. And I could easily win a presidential debate again. But that's just my thoughts on Elon and Twitter and everyone that's crying about it. I think that you need to grow up and take a good look at yourself in the mirror and realize that it's going to be better. It really will. It's going to help change our world and put our world on the path that it needs to be in order for everyone to live happy and fulfilled lives and allow for change and allow for conversation about every single topic there is. But that's just today's show. That's just my thoughts. I appreciate you sticking around. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, send it to somebody and tell them that I'm trying to change the world brother and sisters and whatever else there is out there so this is your boy titties don't forget to like share subscribe but for now your boy titties is out tiny kisses big hugs love you bye your boy titties out